0: You are listening to Creating a Diverse Culture, the final of a five-part series of podcasts on leadership in the new era with Pete Coxon and Paul Northey.
1: So good morning, good afternoon and good evening uh, to what is our final uh, episode in a series of five uh, on leadership in the new era. So I'm Paul Northey, I have uh, 30 years of R&D business experience and Peter Coxon is is a business uh, executive uh, coach and uh, a psychologist. So today our topic, our final topic, is developing a rich uh, and fertile culture. So uh, this is ultimately uh, something a leader should be doing at all levels. Uh, and maybe, Peter, you could maybe give us your thoughts on uh, what is a rich and fertile culture and uh, how to develop it and uh, and why it's important.
0: Yeah, thanks, thanks, Paul. Culture is one of those kind of amorphous things. It's hard to get, get, get hold of. It's like fog. You can kind of feel it, but um, yeah. sense it, but you can't grab hold of it. Uh, my favorite definition, I think, was something about it's it's how things get done around here. It's just kind of how, how it works. Yeah. And uh, there are different kind of cultures that we, we meet, of course. The danger for many organizations where some at least are having to work from home and indeed increasingly, perhaps, wanting to at times, mm. um, that Zoom life and, and remote working can become somewhat sterile. Mm. Uh, I think many people are beginning to recognise the pros and cons of working from home and working at, at, at work. Mm. And there may well be that hybrid, that flexible, different way that's emerging. Um, so whatever setup you have, you may need to compensate for what is lacking what are you doing to maintain a, a healthy workplace culture well what did you do what did others like about the culture that you've had prior to march 2020 what was it about the place that, that people like mm-hmm. oh and by the way what was it about the place that they didn't like and mm-hmm. um, it, how it, it, would you like? I'm interested in your first statement there, earlier statements, because, you know, it's like a fog,
1: right? Uh, But you know when you're in a bad culture, and you know when you're in a great one. But getting from a a bad one to a great one is sometimes quite a challenging uh, task to undertake, yeah? And it's it's a a real challenge to make that uh, journey as a leader.
0: Yes, yes, it is. And uh, there's a theme that will emerge here, but... You know, supposing you did have a pretty pretty good culture, so how did it help? What, what was good about it? And if you created that organisation there, that culture where people wanted to stay, they loved working here, yeah. they were re- great advocates for, for the organisation, how can you maintain that sense uh, during these different times? How can you... One of the... One of the key flavors of that, which has been emerging in in the research recently, is how can you build a sense of psychological safety that promotes both business health and individual mental health? Mm. So during times of uncertainty that we've been going through, you'll want people, of course, to feel physically safe at work, including whether they're working at home. There have been some good things that... uh, HR have been doing, looking at, at that to make sure that you've got physically safe um, environments to work in. Mm. Um, there's been good work done in a number of organisations about recognising that your physical safety is at greatest risk when you're driving to work. Um, so, they, you know, I had an organisation, they trained everyone up in defensive driving. They worked really well on, on the health and safety side of life, mm. and increasingly now there's literature that's building up about this sense of psychological safety. Um, Google carried out some extensive research, quite recently, into what differentiates high-performing teams okay. from all the other teams, yeah. and they, they had all, all kinds of hypotheses as to what it looked, might be that, that made, made a team a high-performing team. Mm. And what they concluded, what they were almost forced to conclude against their expectations was that this one factor was having the greatest impact, that a team felt psychologically safe. They were then able to perform in a sustainable, high-performing manner. Mm. Um, And that's really quite interesting. So I've carried out my own research um, on this topic over the last few years. And... I'd like to just run through, if I may, a quick a quick summary of how you can go about creating a, a psychologically safe culture. Um, we've touched on the emotions a little bit already and I'll say more about that. We do need to manage our own emotions. Um, having emotions is a good thing, acknowledging them is a good thing and managing them is a good thing as well. It's not this better out than in, and don't give yourself permission, if you're a boss, to have a little tantrum here and there. It's not actually helpful by and large. You know, I don't believe in the, the Alex Ferguson um, hairdryer approach at all. So manage your emotions. By all means say if you're very upset, if you're angry even, yeah, but find ways of expressing it yeah. with an I statement.
1: And and I've, and- I've I've I I was given an analogy for this uh several years ago in a on uh, a in a course uh uh, which was related to traffic lights right uh, and uh, uh, you can be you can outwardly look green as a traffic light but internally you've you've gone through amber and you're hit in red here yeah? uh, what does the audience see uh, a green to red transition yeah? which takes them by surprise but you've you've somehow rationalized this because you internalized your amber your amber light and I think your words wow. Uh, reminded me of that it's important yeah. to uh, acknowledge your green light acknowledge your amber light and communicate your amber light that you you have a, a certain uh, disquiet or a certain uh, uh, dislike or a certain issue with uh, what's happening or what statements have been provided yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you ask them then you know the, the red light is is a rarity uh, and it can be employed as a as a, a, a in, in a variety of guises yeah uh, but ultimately it's really important to communicate the amber light uh, so that pe- you take people through your inner inner feelings yeah
0: i think so this is a part of what we'd always say is and um, we want to be everyone says we want to be open and honest hmm. be open and honest but not don't give yourself permission with that phrase of saying oh, i told him how it was you know i i, yeah, I told him yeah. straight yeah um, don't allow yourself what's called the amygdala hijack, where suddenly you see red and it, and it, um, it, yeah. it blasts people. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not advocating, although there's a place for a kind of a more stoic philosophy in, in life, but I think you and I are both saying, find the right time and the right place to choose. Is it, is it right to express an emotion here? And if so, how do I express it yeah, yeah. in a way that allows you to hear it and gain the feedback? Yeah. So when I, you do this... I tell you I where, 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 I see this,
1: uh, where I see this the most often is uh, with uh, parents and children. Yeah? Uh, so this is a class. You can practice a lot of uh, techniques uh, as a parent or with other people's children, but you often see a parent that will flip, uh, go from green to red instantly, and the right. child is confused. Yeah. They actually don't understand what what is happening. They just see a madman or a mad woman in front of them, screaming and shouting. Yeah, they they the amber light has been internalized. They don't understand what's happening. Yeah, and that's why it's important to at least then give a child or uh, or maybe a colleague a chance uh, to actually understand the the, the the emotional processes that you're you're going through. Yeah. Well, in
0: in a, in a former life, I worked with children with okay. teenagers with okay. parents and with teachers yeah. and actually um when i started working with adults in the professional guises i found that we're all just the same by and large yes so yes <laughs> um open and honest but manage your emotions don't let your emotions manage you yeah on the flip side we've also already touched on the this whole idea of the active listening showing empathy showing sensitivity. We don't have to go heavily into being um, sympathetic, but be empathetic. We're not counsellors. Mm. We're not psychiatrists. We don't, we're not there to solve other people's problems mm. or to spend hours with them working through some existential crisis they're having. Um, there are other people that you can point them to in that way. And I would at times say, look, that's, this isn't my area of expertise but i do recommend if problems at home are so um adversely affecting you that you're struggling to function at work then do find someone who might be able to help you Mm. don't just carry on again in in victim mode Mm. so a little bit of tough love in in a sense if 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 you like Mm. so we've already also touched last time on this idea of forging real personal conversations so you're really genuinely getting to know people and um, so for a psych- for a, a culture to be psychologically safe everyone should feel comfortable contributing in meetings and also be willing to genuinely explore the ideas that other people have mm. rather than you know that phrase are you listening or are you just waiting to interrupt yeah um, Genuinely explore other people's ideas as well as um, come forward with your own enthusiastic ideas. You do need to create a sense of dependability that you can depend on me. If I say I'll do something, I'll do it. Um, you do need to create this sense of interpersonal trust that when you say that you'll do it, I trust that you, you will do it as well. Mm. We want to be mutually respectful um, despite our the divergence. I know you feel strongly about wanting to develop divergence in your culture. Yeah. And we need to not just respect the people who are like us, but accept and respect everyone for what they can contribute.
1: Yeah, I spent some time uh, stu- studying the value of diversity uh, in, in, its, in its entirety uh, and many forms uh, and its impact on team performance. And there's a very clear correlation uh, between uh, diverse teams working together and performance. Uh, so, uh, you know, and the data I, I saw uh, and uh, uh, the mechanisms uh, that it were employed to measure performance suggested that there could be a 20 or 30% improvement uh, in uh, in the performance of an organisation if the culture is diverse. Uh, and, uh, and I was a very strong... Uh, uh, Exponent of this, and continue to drive this uh, today in in terms of uh, my re- uh, kind of technical recruitment activities. I, I look for diverse talent, and not uh, let's say uh, building a team that reflects you. Yeah, uh, performance comes from different opinions, and, and and the collection of different opinions, different ways of thinking. You know, some people think very quickly. Some people take time to process data. Uh, all are valid. Uh, and ultimately, I've learned myself that uh, sometimes you're not right uh, and uh, the 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 tortoise some, sometimes beats the hare, right? So, well, uh, and, and I think you have to accept this diversity as part of a better decision-making and a better culture.
0: It's interesting. We talk about the 1.3. If your organisation relied solely on your 1.3 kilograms, yeah. then frankly, you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I took so, that to heart there, Peter. But yes, <laughs> that's
0: right. But we do need to draw on the intelligence of all the people around us. Yeah, 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 It's There's a danger that we can also be tribal. One of the elements of being human is to be tribal yeah. and to like people like us. Yeah, yeah. And we can be prejudiced against people who aren't like us. Yeah. So we have to, over, again, manage those quite, quite primitive um, emotions yeah. and reach out to be curious, as Albert Einstein once said, I'm not that bright, I'm not that clever, I'm just very, very curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be curious in other people's viewpoints, other people's perspectives, give them time and space to express themselves. And that plays into the, the, the next point, which is because we need people to be comfortable being themselves and willing to not only express themselves, but also to disclose their own personal vulnerabilities, their own concerns, their own worries about how things are, how they're doing, um, if they're struggling with a piece of work or something. We want them to say so. We don't want them to pretend it's all okay. And mm. um, I've had, in some cultures, I've had lots of people, they go, yes, you know, there's a kind of yes well, yeah, point.
1: yeah, yeah, de- uh, yeah, there are definitely cultures uh, that I've worked with where, where uh, bad news, uh, failure, yeah. Is, is, is not accepted uh, as, a, as something that should ever be communicated. And, it, and, that has to, and once you're aware of this, you have to uh, really focus on that, that aspect and, and really try to make sure that uh, uh, an acceptance of something uh, or a, quest, a response to a question really is uh, the, the reality rather than a cultural norm, yeah? absolutely
0: i've worked with a number of global organizations who've gone through a nationalization program mm. and um, some of the tribes um, notably quite and the expats have found it difficult to um, tune in uh, help the other people the nationals feel comfortable enough to express themselves to say when they're not confident of doing something etc We've touched on the next theme a little bit, but I'll repeat it because it's worth stressing, I think. Um, Effective, balanced, constructive feedback. Be straight. Be honest. Do it regularly. Choose your words carefully. Get the right process for doing it. And almost there... Create a safe space so that people can take risks while still maintaining their positive self-image. Um, you touched on failure. You know, there's a, people talk about it much more nowadays. That It's good to fail because you're one step nearer to success and everything. Yeah. Um, it's okay to take risks and it's okay to fail so long as it doesn't knock your confidence. Yeah, and I think the, the yeah. other essential part of failure
1: is uh, reflection and learning, yeah? And I saw so, uh, uh, Elton Musk's SpaceX rocket crash and burn uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, this was his first attempt. Uh, it, to a lot of people, they, they laugh at the failure and say, ah, oh, he, he uh, can't achieve this. But I guarantee you, uh, that organization, as a fail, learn, uh, ex- re-execute uh, organization will come back and they will solve the problem it's important to ma- make sure that you have all the data from the failure uh, and to really deeply understand it before you move to the next stage and, and and ultimately reassess and go again
0: yeah I think that's right and I think I would I would add one more component to that which is create space so that people, can take a risk in their interpersonal relationships as well. Mm. If there's something that's bothering you about the way you're working with someone or the way they're supporting you or not supporting you, overly challenging you, dismissing you or whatever, can you take a risk of raising this with them and knowing that actually, if it doesn't work out, it's okay, because you can always have another go. It's always tomorrow, as you said. but it's not going to crush me if this doesn't work out. I know myself. I'm just trying to get this right. I've, I've said to people before, I um, I have on my gravestone, I was only trying to help. So <laughs> yeah. maintain and, your positive self-image of only trying to help. Yeah,
1: and I think that's a, a fantastic uh, statement to end uh, today's session and sadly to end the the five uh, episodes uh, series of. Uh, Uh, leadership in this uh, challenging era so uh, thank you Peter thank you for all the listeners and viewers and uh, hopefully we'll uh, uh, come up with some other ideas in the future and you can uh, uh, listen to me and uh, Peter give our
0: views and opinions uh, as we move forward but